still on the bench. Down to six seconds. Walker, under four. Walker fires. What did it feel like to you when you let it go? Good. Did, what did it feel like to you when you let it go? Good. Ah, victory. Main event. The main course. Basketball. Beautiful stuff this weekend with Michigan State and Purdue. A game that I don't necessarily think that they needed to have, but would have been great for them to have it. And they got it. But the unfortunate part is, it now takes the pressure off from the Michigan game. Michigan needs to win this game. They do. There's no separating it. Michigan cannot afford to lose this game. Michigan State can, which is where Michigan has the edge. But what I want to look at right now is a little bit of a a funny betting thing. And I'm not a sports gambler. I can't be. I'm not 21. But this is. I just want you guys to see what I mean by Michigan has to win the game and how that affects what happens in Vegas. Vegas knows that Michigan's coming off of a loss against Illinois. Vegas knows that Michigan State is coming off of a top-five win against Purdue. They know all these things. Vegas knows that Michigan State has 19 wins, and they know that Michigan has 15. Vegas knows that Michigan is coaching without their head coach, and Michigan State is coaching with their head coach. Vegas knows that Tom Izzo needs one more game to set the all-time record for Big Ten wins as a coach. They know all these things. Everything would point to Michigan State being favored. But by how many? How many points is Michigan State favored by to win this game? Oh, look at that. They're not. It's Michigan minus four and a half. Michigan minus 200 on the money line. Michigan State plus 170 on the money line. 61% of the bets, 61% of the public bet, Caesars Sportsbook, on Michigan money line. Not even Michigan State to cover the four and a half point spread. Or not even Michigan to cover the four and a half points. Both of them. 76% of the public bets on Michigan State to cover the four and a half point spread. But 61% of the public bet is on Michigan to win the game. 61% of the bets. I don't know. I don't know what percent of the money that is. I don't know if the public. Uh, it's, what I need to figure out, honestly, though, on this, it's just on CBS Sports. So what I need to figure out is if sixty-one percent of the bet are the actual bets, or if it's the money percentage. Because if that's sixty-one percent of the money on Michigan money line. That's crazy. That's unreal. Which leads you to think, how does Michigan State even win this game? <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird to me, and it's weird. Because you look at the trends, and you look at what's happened over the last week for both teams. Michigan had this crazy thing with with Jawan Howard. Just smacked him right over the head. They had to play against Rutgers. They won. Played Illinois. Lost. And Michigan State is coming off of their best performance. And Vegas is telling you right now, number one, home court for Michigan is worth at least a point. Now. Michigan State coming off of their emotional win. They do not think that Michigan State can string together consistent performances. Now, they would be right in that assumption, in that that would be a very safe prediction to say that Michigan State cannot produce consistency. That would be logical. That would give Michigan another couple of points. 
But for Michigan to be favored by four and a half points against the Michigan State team that just beat Purdue, against the Michigan State team that has 19 wins, against the Michigan State team playing for Big Ten seeding, still in contention, trying to get a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, they feel like Michigan playing for its conference, playing for its NCAA tournament lives, playing at home in a rivalry game without their head coach. That's, that's worth four and a half point favorites. That's very interesting. And I'm not saying that I agree with it or disagree with it. I'm just very interested in seeing how this game plays out. And I think that they're telling you that this game is going to be close no matter what, because there are some people that would care to believe that Michigan State is going to blow out Michigan in this game. That will not happen. But they're saying that either way, Michigan has no chance of blowing out Michigan State either. Because if it was, the line would be bigger. But it's not. It's four and a half. So this leads you to think very interestingly that this game is going to be much closer than the first game between these two teams. And in my opinion, it's going to be up to Musa Diabate. It's going to be up to how Diabate performs because Michigan State is going to do the same thing that they did against um, Hunter Dickinson. They're going to do the same exact thing that they did last time. They're not going to double him. They're going to let Dickinson take 25 shots, and Dickinson will make 10 of them. And Dickinson will get 25 points, and they'll be fine not doubling Dickinson, giving up the two instead of the three, which worked the last time because Dickinson took 28 shots, 25 shots. I don't have the thing on me from last time. But the thing is, is if Dickinson takes 25 shots, he makes 9 or 10 of them, you know, goes 45 or whatever percent from the floor, nobody from Michigan takes more than 10 shots, Michigan State, I think, wins that game. Really, I think I think it plays right into Michigan State's hands. So Michigan's going to have to find a way to force Michigan State to double. They're going to have to find a way to force the three-point action. Their Michigan's going to have to force the motion to where it isn't just the Hunter Dickinson show getting 25 shots. They're going to have to force Hunter Dickinson to pass the ball, to expand his game, because when Hunter Dickinson gets the ball low, it's about a 99% chance that he shoots the ball. So Michigan State needs to force, or Michigan needs to force action around Hunter Dickinson and make Michigan State question themselves on defense of whether or not Hunter Dickinson's going to actually actually shoot the ball. And, and Musa Diabate just needs to play the way we think he can play. Diabate needs to play as the top recruit that we, that we was told that he was. And I've said before that I think Diabate is the best player on the team. So if Dickinson can go out, get his 20 points, and Diabate can add another 20, I think if Michigan has multiple players that score 20 points in this game, I think they win. Because they'll get, you know, they'll get eight points out of Eli Brooks. They'll get 10 out of, they'll get 10 out of Devontae Jones. They'll get 10 to 14 out of Kale Houston. If they can string two 20 point scores together towards not just the Hunter Dickinson show, even if Hunter Dickinson scores 28 points, I still don't think Michigan wins this game. Michigan needs consistent scoring around. They need consistent scoring and leadership around Hunter Dickinson, not just get the ball to Dickinson in the low block. Let him shoot a let him shoot a hook shot over his left shoulder and then go on and hope he makes it. Michigan needs scoring everywhere. Consistency. Michigan needs to make Michigan State think that anyone around them can score. Michigan needs to force Michigan State to believe that Hunter Dickinson 
isn't going to be the one to touch the ball every single possession and shoot the ball every single possession. Michigan needs to force Michigan State on the outside. They need to force the action on the outside. Give it to Dickinson on the inside. Play some high-low, some two-man game, anything, back screens, whatever. Somebody else needs to get involved for Michigan other than Hunter Dickinson for them to win. And I think that's what you've been seeing with Caleb Houston having nice games, even against, you know, with Rutgers, right? Caleb Houston had nice with Illinois, right? There have been games where people around Dickinson are showing up. Michigan needs to force Michigan State into different places on defense instead of just sinking down, right? Michigan State will play a man coverage, but they'll play a good man coverage, man defense, man, whatever you want to call it. Michigan State will sink down to Hunter Dickinson when he gets the ball while still playing man. They will bring some help defense. But if you can force Michigan State to be solely one-on-one on Dickinson the entire time, not forcing the rest of the defense to collapse on Hunter despite staying in the man defense when Hunter gets the ball down in the low block, down in the key, right around the restricted arc area. If you can force Michigan State to not collapse their defense on Dickinson as soon as he touches the ball, not doubling, not doubling Dickinson, but collapsing around him, collapsing around him knowing that the ball is going to go up, knowing that Hunter Dickinson has zero chance of passing the ball out. If you get everybody involved against Michigan State, Michigan can win this game. And Vegas is telling you that that can happen, that that is the plan. So. I I hope it doesn't turn out that way. I really don't. And for Michigan State, it's it's literally just going to be it's going to be this simple. Play the way you did against Purdue. Please. Please. Run an offense. Tyson Walker, keep shooting the ball. Max Christie, attack. Attack, attack, attack. Gabe Brown, act like you've played basketball before. Make threes, please. Back screens, everything. Everything for Michigan State. Everything that happened against Purdue. If it can happen against Michigan, the consistency will be right there. Another thing I want to point out for Michigan State. The free throw shooting has been very nice. The turnovers, eh, they're still there. They've notched down a little bit. It's still above average, but the turnovers have been notched down a little bit. But Michigan State's free throw shooting has been very nice. In clutch situations, not as much. But overall, throughout the game, when Michigan State's going to the line 15, 16 times a game, they're making... 12, 13 of their shots, which comparatively to earlier in the season, it's pretty nice. So I got to give it to Michigan State for that. But this is going to be, this is a wild game. This is a huge game. Bubble team against team playing for a double buys in the Big Ten tournament. This is a huge game tonight, guys. This is big stuff. This is big. And, oh, ah, Big Ten, big life, big stage. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really big game, though. This is a massive game on March 1st, a game that should have been played when I was driving, literally driving to North Dakota from Michigan, from for the start of the uh, spring semester. But obviously, as twisted as it is, I'm kind of glad that the game's getting played now. So close to March, because it is March, but so close to the tournament, too. Because there's huge tournament implications here. It's like a, it's, you know, you have the Big Ten tournament coming up, but it's a precursor to that. It's a mini tournament within the Big Ten tournament. And it this is, oh man, I'm getting, this is just, the way college basketball functions in March, people don't understand it out here. But people back in Michigan, people that root for college basketball, people that go to college basketball schools, this is the best time of the year. This is the best time of the year. And when you get games like this, this is a reward. This is a reward for all the crap that you deal with.
on a daily basis. When you get a game like this, when you have a hard day working as a data analyst at work, but you're a Michigan State grad or a Michigan grad, you get to come home for this as a college basketball game, as 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 a college basketball performance, as a live show. It's amazing. It's a reward. And it gets better. It gets better. It gets better and better and better as the month goes on. Because the tournaments come on. The conference tournament comes on. You get to watch Albany sink a half-court shot in whatever conference they play. Who cares? But it's great basketball. People playing for their lives for college basketball. Because most of these people won't play again. Very, whatever it is, 0.8% of them will go to the league. 1%, however many percent of them will go to the league. 1%. They'll go to the NBA. But all these other guys, these seniors, these juniors that probably won't make it to the NBA, playing for their lives, for their basketball lives, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in any sport. And this is why we get all fired up about it. Because college basketball in March, and in late February, when you start to see these bubble teams upsetting the good teams, right? Michigan State beating Brown saying Michigan State was a bubble team. But Michigan State was in a slump. Michigan State was sliding. They were sliding from the, I saw them as high as a three seed earlier in the season. Sliding from the three to four seed line down to eight and nine. And then if they keep losing, being in the back in that dreaded playing game. Now Michigan playing for their playoff. A, a rivalry game. Michigan State can essentially knock Michigan out. Michigan State would be, or Michigan would be 15 and 13 if they lose this game. They would have three games left regular season-wise, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Flame me if I'm wrong. But after this game, Michigan would have the Big Ten Conference Tournament and then three games after they play Michigan State. And if Michigan, oh, two games. Oh, my gosh, two games. Right, so Michigan loses to Michigan State. They're 15 and 13. They have two more games, home Iowa at Ohio State. That's 17 and 13 if you win both of those games going to the Big Ten tournament. And chances are you split those games, truly. You can beat Iowa at home. Then at Ohio State, I don't know if you really, I don't know if you win that game. At Ohio State, that'd be a little bit questionable. But if you go, you lose to Michigan State, you beat Iowa, you lose to OSU. That is 15 and 13, 16 and 13, 16 and 14. That's 16 and 14. Going to the Big Ten Tournament, you have to win at least two games of the Big Ten Tournament to even get a shot. And you better hope that those two games are quadrone opponents. And you'll get a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, too, in the uh, in the net rankings with the quadrants and all that because it'll be on a neutral court, right? So it won't be as – it'll be more valuable than if you played them at home, right? So if you beat, for example, let's say, oh, hey, you beat uh, Rutgers – on a neutral court. That's better. That's better than, say, beating Rutgers at home, despite the fact that you might have more fans in the arena. 99% chance is that you will have more fans in the arena, right? Say you beat, you know, Northwestern. You beat Northwestern, uh, Purdue or whatever, but Purdue would be much later on in the tournament. You know, Michigan State even. These teams that have some value, have good value in the net rankings, it would be a much more valuable win to beat them at a neutral court just because of how the net rankings work as opposed to beating them at home, even if you have more fans and it feels like a home environment in the arena, right? So so if Michigan enters the Big Ten tournament 16 and 14, 
you have to win, almost essentially win the Big Ten tournament. But if you go in, say, 17 and 14, well, actually, no, you won't be 17 and 14. I don't know why my numbers are just messing up in my head. Like, like math is just not functioning right now. It's, it's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly wild. Say you enter the Big Ten tournament, for example, 17 and 13. That gives you a little bit Obviously, you'd still have to win two games, feel comfortable, 19 and 13. But at least you would have a shot to get in without having to win the Big Ten tournament. If you if you go in 16 and 14, I mean, for pretty much all intents and purposes, you have to win the Big Ten tournament. And there's a lot of teams you're going to have to get through. Some of them will beat themselves before you get there, right? Still, other Big Ten teams will knock out other Big Ten teams before you get to them. But you're going to have to beat either Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Ohio State. You're going to have to beat them again. You're going to have to get through them again. And then you're going to have to get through the middle of the Big Ten, which isn't an easy out. People go to Rutgers, they lose, they die. People go to Penn State, they lose, like Michigan State did. They go places. The Big Ten, it's not an easy ass just to go, oh, we're going to roll. All we got to do is win the Big Ten tournament. Right? That is not easy to do in this conference this season, even if the Big Ten ends up being bad in the tournament, NCAA tournament this year. Again, the way they were last year. If Michigan loses this game, they're toast because I don't think they can lose this game and then come back and be Iowa and then Ohio State. And again, they have to do this against teams that are playing with their head coach. I I understand that Michigan plays hard. I understand all of it. But without Jawan Howard there, it's just different. You have to have your head coach there if you want consistency, right? So again, I understand Michigan losing. I don't, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to do what I did with Western Michigan if Michigan loses this game because it's not easy to do, right? And Michigan, again, gets the benefit of home court today and against Iowa, right? They get it. The, the opportunity is there. But if Michigan loses two of these games, two out of three, I mean, it would be obviously very beneficial for them to go three and zero, right? But two and one, I mean, two and one is the absolute minimum that you can have without having to win Big Ten tournament. But even then, even if you do go two and one, ninety percent chance you're going to have to roll through the Big Ten tournament just to get. You're going to have to go for the auto bid because there's going to be somebody. There's always somebody that can steal a bit, a bid stealer. For example, you know, somebody out of the American could get hot and steal, steal the bid from like SMU or somebody maybe. You know, you could have the Oregon State, the way they came out of the Pac-12 last year and stole a bit, right? There's always going to be something happen to where one of these bubble teams, one of these last four in could just get completely booted because of something that happens in the Mountain West or because of something that happens in the Pac-12 or in the American, right? Something like that can happen. It usually does, right? So for Michigan to be comfortable without having to win the Big Ten tournament, you got to go three and zero, and you got to win two games of the Big Ten tournament, right? Because that gives you that gives you five and zero to close the season against all quality opponents, right? And then that would put you at twenty wins, which would be a great place to finish. Twenty wins, I believe. Wow, how many quadrant wins would that put you at? That put you at close to ten quad one wins. I wouldn't be ten because that would be more than anybody else right now. I think I forget exactly how many quad one wins they would have, but if you do all these things, Michigan has this shot. And with Michigan back against the wall, that's got to be why Michigan has that four and a half point edge. Because it's a game that Michigan just simply cannot afford to lose. And 
I think that Michigan would understand and the Vegas people would understand that when Michigan cannot afford to lose, they usually find a way to win games. Similar to the way Michigan State does, except for the fact that I don't think Michigan State couldn't afford to lose against Purdue that game. I think, you know, Michigan State loses to Purdue there. Nobody really would bat an eye. They would just move on and Michigan State wouldn't have much effect in the seeding lines. Because Michigan State, even with the win against Purdue, they only got like eight votes to get into the top 25. They weren't even close to going back in the top 25 the week after they got booted out, despite being a top five team. So there was no chance for them to get back in, right? But if Michigan State were to have lost again, Michigan State be 18, you know, instead of 19 and 9, be 18 and 10 going into a game against Michigan that has 15 wins, right? Michigan State, if they keep losing games, they're in danger going into the play-in game, which I would not like to see happen again. So that's kind of, that's basically my preview for the game. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Dickinson to get more involved outside of just shooting the ball, and then forcing Michigan State to doubt what Dickinson is going to do when he touches the ball. I'm going to look for Musa Diabate individually. I'm going to be looking for the shots from the perimeter from guys like Caleb Houston and Eli Brooks. I'm going to be looking to see how Devontae Jones, Tyson Walker, and A.J. Hogard each run the offenses individually because each point guard brings something different. Devontae Jones is obviously the only point guard for Michigan, the true, him and Brooks kind of split it, but Devontae Jones is supposed to be the true point guard, right? Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth kind of split the point guard, but I really like watching Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth play on the floor together. I think it brings a good dynamic. I, I see the ball move more. I see more player movement. I see more energy. I see more efficient offense when Hogarth and Walker are both on the floor at the same time. So oh, Max Christie, Marcus Bingham, what big is going to show up? Marble showed up against Purdue. Is it going to be Bingham, the taller, thinner shot blocker? Is it going to be Marble, slightly shorter, but more built, more harder to move, center? Or is it going to be, is it going to be, is it going to be Madi Sissoko for Michigan State? Who knows? But there's all these different things that can fall into place. And it's, it's wild. That's why it's so crazy and fun to try and predict. And then even watching it play out is that much more fun. So that's, that's it. That's it. That's the playoff. That's the prediction. That oh well, I guess you know not necessarily my prediction. What's my prediction? Michigan State by fifty. That's my prediction. But realistically speaking, it's nerve wracking. It's terrifying seeing Michigan on that money line minus four and a half. Right? It's terrifying seeing Michigan minus two hundred on the money line. Right? Michigan minus four and a half points with the points. Michigan minus two hundred on the money line. I mean that's that's scary stuff. That's scary business. Which, I mean, if you had to force me to pick it, I mean, you got to pick Michigan. Everything points Michigan. Back against the wall, minus 200 on the money line, four and a half point favorite, home court, rivalry game, got to have a game. I mean, all, all of it, all of it's Michigan, except for the fact that I don't think they're the better team, which makes you think, why is Michigan favored? Who picks Michigan? Well, Michigan's got to have the game. So you go with Michigan. You just do it. You don't, you don't question yourself. You go with Michigan and you pick them. You pick Michigan as your win. You pick Michigan as not even your upset win. It's not even an upset win because they're favored. But you pick Michigan. You pick Michigan to win the game. And I don't even do anything with the point spread. That's it. That's it. Obviously, go green. Hope they win. Hope it's a Michigan State victory tomorrow. Hope it's victory for MSU, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I, 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 there's no, other than Michigan needing to have the game, there's no logic behind, I guess, home court too, slightly. But there's there's just no logic 
there's no basketball logic that tells me to pick Michigan. Because I think Michigan State has the better team, the better players, the better coach. Michigan doesn't even have their head coach. And they're favored by four and a half. But when you're favored by four and a half like that, and I gotta have a game, I can't pick against them. So I gotta go Michigan. I gotta pick Michigan to win the game. I don't wanna look like an idiot. Because if Michigan wins, I get to pick right. Michigan loses, that means Michigan State wins, I win. It's called smart business. It's like what Quasey's gonna do in Minnesota after three years of them rebuilding. Lions winning the division next year. That's basically the summary. Summary of this show. Lions win the division next year. Michigan's winning the basketball game tonight, despite the fact that they still won't make the tournament, so it won't matter. See you in the NIT, boys. Part two is going to be out tomorrow. I just wanted you guys to hear all this today before the game so we can be all set and ready to go for tonight's festivities. Rest of it tomorrow. Part two tomorrow. I repeat, part two tomorrow. Take care, guys. Who's got it better than us?